For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori Simone. I'm your host, Tori Simone, and oh, you guys, I hope everyone's having the best Monday. I guess I can't go like, oh, followed by, I hope you guys are having a great Monday. But it is true. It Think about it this way. It's the first Monday of a new month of November. So it's never too late to reinvent yourself if the month has not been going like according to plan or how you envisioned it to go. It is just the first Monday of the month. So you can totally use this as a reset if you need to. And um, yeah, I just hope you guys are having a great Monday so far. Um, I have to be totally honest with you guys. I'm like drained. I'm so exhausted and just so tired right now. And for that reason, I don't have it in me to be doing any sort of wellness tips or productivity tips or anything that I feel like we normally talk about on the show. So I just want to do something fun, like some girl chats. Um, Every time I do an episode that I call like girl talk or anything to that extent, I just remember this one time I went to a um, like local VIP event for a new business that was opening up and... I think he's the owner of that location. Um, He was like, hey, I listened to your podcast. And he's like, and I'd love to, you know, talk to you more about your podcast. And like, you know, just like that conversation. And he was like, you know, I I obviously skipped over like the girl talk episode, but I loved everything else. And it just like, it just always stuck with me that he said that because I just found that like kind of funny that he said that. If be honest, he's like, I skipped over the girl talk. So now whenever I do a girl talk kind of episode like this where I have my girlies right in and we just shoot the shit, 
Um, it makes me think of that. He's like, I skipped over the girl talk one. So this one's for the girls. Honestly, anyone can listen to this, but I'm pretty sure like really it pretty much is like only girls that listen to this. If you're a guy and you listen, pop off. Like, you know, what's good. So yeah, today we're going to be doing, um, like an ask me anything kind of episode. I put it on my Instagram, which is at Tori Sterling underscore. If you guys want to participate in the next one. So let me catch you guys up on my life before I get into this topic. And I'm trying to save life updates for more episodes that are like this rather than episodes that have the titles of like 10 wellness tips or first of the month month rituals or how I plan my day or something like that. Because I know sometimes people want those episodes to be like very short and directly to the point. While episodes like this where it's more like us chatting I feel like I can kind of get away with uh, with talking a little bit more about myself on my own podcast. <laughs> so um, let me catch you guys up. So first and foremost, I moved. <sighs> That's why I'm really exhausted, if I'm being honest. Um, moving is just so exhausting. And I feel like the last time that I moved, it was not this exhausting. Um, maybe it is and I have to go back and like watch it out. But I also really spaced out my last move. So um, I posted on my Instagram. I'm recording this on Friday. I posted on my Instagram on Tuesday, all my moving boxes. And I said like moving day. And so many people responded to my DM or responded to my story, I guess I should say. And we're like, what the fuck? And they, so many people were like, why are you moving? You just moved here. Um, and the overall tone was anger. Like if I'm being totally honest, like so many people were like, why are you moving? And like, it just doesn't make sense. Like that was the whole overall tone, which is funny and just not really a response I was expecting to get. I wasn't expecting any response if I was being totally honest, but so many people were like, what the fuck? So, um, I made a whole podcast episode about my move and it's called invest in yourself. So I get why people would not have listened to that. Like I get why, let me hang on, let me rephrase that. I get why if you didn't listen to that, you'd be confused as to why I'm moving because I didn't title the episode I'm moving, you know, like moving was a huge topic of that underlying theme. But I really explained it in that episode. So I'll give you the skinny of it now. But if you're even more curious, you can go listen to that episode. It's called Invest in Yourself. Essentially, I moved because my lease was up. I loved my last apartment, um, but my lease was up. And I like it, time really does fly. But like I served my my lease term, you know, I was there like 14 months. I was there for my whole lease. Like time just goes really quickly. And I think like sometimes like moving can be a testament of how fast time really goes. So I was already there for a year. And um, the house that I moved into was on the market and it was one that I was already very interested in. I wanted to buy it, wasn't able to buy it, but I was able to rent the one like right next door that I wanted to buy. And I also wanted more space for working purposes. And you guys can go listen to my episode, Invest in Yourself, if you're like more curious about what I'm talking about. And if you're also curious about like the whole buying versus renting kind of 
uh, argument for lack of a better word. I kind of get into it in that episode as well. And I also just get into like fears about doubling my rent and getting a bigger space and all that sort of stuff. So um, I moved and I moved like closer to my family and I'm in a townhouse now and it's a new construction townhouse. I'm the first person to live in it. And I'm just loving it. So I moved on Tuesday. Today's Friday. And there's like boxes everywhere. It's also like just so empty. Like going from a one-bedroom apartment to a three-story townhouse, it is so empty. I really need to fill it up. I just feel like I'm living like in a vanilla shell of a home. So I can't wait to like go to Target later tonight and buy stuff for all the bathrooms, like towels and mats. And um, I did get hand soaps, so that's covered. But I can't wait to get like area rugs and decor and really decorate and just make this house really feel like a home. Um, I've never really had a space that was mine to the point where I really wanted to feel like home like I owned a condo and I lived there but I always kind of knew it wasn't like my forever but I feel like I could be in this house for a really long time so I really want to feel very at home and I also just don't want to move again because moving just freaking sucks like oh there's so much to do like I went over to my parents on Wednesday night it was my mom's birthday and I went over to my parents and I was just like looking around I'm like oh wish my house was like this like I wish it felt like moved in you know what I mean it's just so annoying moving but very grateful to be where I am but I'm not loving moving it's just I mean who likes moving my last move from my condo to my apartment I feel like wasn't this bad because I spaced it out like I moved out of the condo and then I had like a three-week gap where the apartment wasn't ready. So I just was like living at my parents. So I had like three weeks to chill. And then when I unpacked, it was just unpacking a one bedroom apartment. So I pretty much unpacked the whole thing like in a day. And that was like a crazy expectation that I had. But I also did not, it was was such a quick move because I think the movers were out by like 11 a.m. And in the townhouse, like I moved out of the apartment and into the townhouse all in the same day. So the movers were here until like 4.30 p.m. And it was also in the middle of a week. Like the last time I moved was on a weekend. So anyway, it just has felt like the longest move of my life. And I like never want to do it again. It's like so exhausting. So I'm going to do everything in my power to make this house feel so at home And I'm going to keep renewing this lease until I have to be forced out. I just want to live here forever. So, um, yeah, a lot of people were confused why I moved. My lease was up. I wanted more space. And this location made sense. The layout made sense. Everything about it made sense. So I went for it. And, yeah, so I get why people were confused. But the anger was a confusing response. (laughs) But I get it. Um, because of the move, I did absolutely nothing for Halloween. I just came back from therapy and my therapist has a bowl of candy. And I was like, can I just take some candy like for the road? Like I did not get a single piece of candy. Like I did nothing for Halloween because we were packing up the apartment because I moved on the first. So on the 31st, I was packing Halloween weekend. I was spent the whole weekend packing. So I literally did nothing, which is fine. I'm not like the biggest Halloween fan. I like the holiday of Halloween. I like the movies. I like the decor. 
But like, I'm not someone that's like big with like dressing up and getting costumes and all that. It's just really not for me. I also don't know what to do. Like I'm 24 years old. Like, what do I do on Halloween? Like, do I go to bars? I don't even go to bars regularly. Do I go, do I have like a house party? Like, what do I do? (laughs) You know what I mean? I never really know what to do for Halloween. Um, So anyway, uh, the week before I moved, I was also, well, I shouldn't say the week before. Lately, I've really also just been staying in a ton to finish my planners for 2023, the digital and physical planners. I plan on, no pun intended, having my, let's see, what's today? Today is the 8th. Uh, no, sorry, today's the 7th. I want my next episode, so next week, the 14th, to be all about the planners. So if you guys are interested about the physical planners, about the digital planners, everything will be in next week's episode. All the details, all the skinny, the release dates, everything that you guys need to know, the pre-sale, everything about that episode or about the planners will be in next week's episode. So keep your eye out for that. But these planners are perfect. Like I just love them. They're perfect. So that's that with the planners. I feel like um, an author that has like a book deadline and like you have to meet it. Like I have a deadline that I gave myself, but like I don't really have to answer to like there's no like publisher that's like I need it by this date. So I am just following my own deadlines and I feel like an author that doesn't see the light of day because they are just writing and writing and writing. And that's how I feel with my planners, but I'm loving every single second of it. All right. I also want to do... I just want to talk about TV for like a minute. Like, please just let me talk about Housewives on my own podcast. Um, so there's a couple things. And like, if you don't like any of this, you can totally just skip over all of this. Okay. Um, I know some people say like, why don't you do this at the end of the show? Well, because you can skip over it because I want to do it in the beginning of the show. Okay. I really want to talk about this sort of stuff. I could do like a whole podcast episode about Housewives. I just love all the franchises so much. So let's talk about Beverly Hills. I stopped talking about housewives like all together because people got really like annoyed with me and they were like, literally no one cares. And like, that's not why we come to your podcast. Totally get that. So again, if this is not your vibe, like really just skip over it. But I feel like on episodes like this, it's kind of okay to talk about this sort of stuff because it's not like what I was saying, like my to the point episodes. So housewives, I did not like the season of Beverly Hills. And like, let me explain. I thought it was such a boring season up until the last four episodes. Like every single episode, I felt like they were doing a whole lot of nothing. Like we really weren't getting much throughout this whole season. And I was just bored, quite frankly. And I, if I'm being honest, I feel like the only reason the last four episodes were really good is because the core four or five, what is it? Kyle, Dorit. Erica and Rinna. So I guess the core four plus like Kathy, like they were all beefing. Like when everyone, like when those girls beef against like Sutton, it's annoying because like, why do you always go after Sutton? Like, I don't get it. I like Sutton. I think she's um, like, I mean, I don't really know much about her other than from what I see on the show, but like, she just seems nice. So I don't understand why everyone always gangs up on her. I think it's mean, honestly, and I don't like seeing it. Um, I like Garcelle a lot. I think Crystal always likes to be like, I don't know how to say this without like saying it wrong, but I feel like 
Crystal always wants to be um, like the voice of Gen Z almost and like the voice of a millennial almost. And it just never lands with this group of girls. So whenever she has like issues, they're always issues that like the group just doesn't really understand. I feel like, so her drama is always like kind of bizarre. So whenever like the three of them, and I, I'm not even considering Diana a cast member, like that was just such a flop of her to be on for the season. Um, but I feel like whenever it's like the three of them versus the four of them, I'm just always like bored. But when it was the four of them plus Kathy, like going at it, like that's when I was like very interested in the show. And I think just because like they have so much history and like there really is like a divide in the housewives. It like feels like such a weird casting. So um, I hear like the rumors of what they might be doing for the next season and like who they might bring on. And I'm interested to see like how that's going to go. But anyway, I have to say the reunion and the last like four episodes, like Aspen and like all that sort of stuff, like following Aspen was really good. Like I wish that energy was brought on for like the whole season, but the reunion really like flipped my opinion. So pre-reunion, I was like totally team Kathy and I'm like, Rinna is just dramatic and a soap opera actress and will say anything to have drama. And like Rinna's also not very reliable. Like she's been caught lying so blatantly on the show so many times. Like remember when she was talking to Eden and was like, Kim is like so close to death. And then Eden told that to Kyle. And then Kyle was like, Rinna, did you say this? And Rinna was like shocked. She was like, me? no, I've never said that. But it's like, you literally did. Like we all saw it. So like, she's been caught blatantly in lies so many times. And so like getting a story from Rinna when she was just like acting kind of crazy all season and she's just not very reliable. There's no footage. Like it kind of just makes you question it, especially when things look one way on the show and then she's saying something like completely different. Okay, fine. So I was like very much so team Kathy. I'm like, Rinna's like crazy, whatever. Then the reunion on like the third episode when they bring out Kathy. And I have to say like, I really now am believing Rinna, which is crazy that I'm even saying that, but that's how it is with Housewives. Like my opinions flip every single episode. So take this with a grain of salt because probably in like six months or something, I'll see something that's going to change my mind. But um, I have so many thoughts about it, but like I do kind of see how Rinna, so many of you guys are probably skipping over this and you're probably so bored. So I'm just going to wrap this up. Um, but I can see why Rinna said that stuff about Kathy, because I felt like Kathy like actually was getting mad on the couch. And I remember hearing so long ago that Kathy said something like um, offensive and it never got brought up until the reunion. So I don't know. I It's just crazy to think about. I'm going to wrap this up because I feel like I'm boring a lot of you guys, but it's just crazy and I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, I was going to talk about Housewives of Salt Lake City too really quick. I think that this season is fine, but I'm also just confused. Like why does no one talk about Jen Shaw? And like Erica, for example, has been getting so much um, questioning from her castmates, understandably for the past two seasons, but that wasn't even something that she committed. Like it was her husband, you know what I mean? 
And this is like Jen Shaw that's literally being prosecuted and no one is like even talking about it. It's so bizarre to me. It's so, so, so weird because you just like look over to Beverly Hills and like Erica is literally every single day getting hounded by these women and Jen Shaw, they're like throwing her retreats. Like I don't get it. Um, I also think the cast needs to be like a little bit bigger. Um, When you lose two cast members, you really feel it. So like having it just be the five of them, it's kind of small. And I also just think Jen Shaw being mad about the Shaw exposed account is so hypocritical because Jen was doing the same exact things to Meredith and Brooks. You know what I mean? And she was like, it's totally unacceptable to slander my family when Jen was doing the exact same thing to Meredith. Like, I don't really understand that. So anyway, I'm going to move on from Housewives. I feel like I'm boring you guys. Let's talk about some Netflix shows really quick. I just finished The Watcher and I watched it literally as I was like packing up my apartment and I was like, I probably shouldn't watch this because it's going to make me nervous to move into my townhouse. Like I'm in like suburbia. Like I was driving to my therapy appointment today and I'm like, I'm like really in the suburbs. Like I am a suburb. And I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm thriving living in the suburbs. I'm really, really loving it. But like I am in suburbia and that show is like very much so suburbia. It's in Jersey. You know, I love Jersey. So surprisingly, I was not afraid to move to the suburbs while watching that show, but it was so interesting. It was a really good show. It really like got me hooked and really got me captured. Um, what I liked about it was that I didn't recognize any of the actors. I think that's important for shows like this where it's about, I don't know, when it's supposed to just be like a very normal family, like to not cast like big actors. I really liked it. I thought it was a really good show. Um, Last thing that I'll talk about with Netflix shows and then we'll get into all the questions that you guys asked. Love is Blind season three. Okay. Um, I'm on episode 10, I think, like halfway through episode 10. Um, I'm just honestly really bored with this show. Like the only couple that I like is Alexa and Brennan. Um, I obviously don't know if they get married or not. I don't know when the next episodes drop, but I really like them, but everyone else just feels really doomed to me. And I also just, I'm so annoyed by all these guys constantly saying that these girls like aren't their type, but it's like, who do these guys think they are? Like, do they literally think that they are like, I don't know, supermodel men. Like, I don't get it. Like Cole is literally that guy that, um, all the girls talk about that are like, Oh, they have like Navy sheets. Like that's lit. Like that's Cole. And he's talking about Zineb. Like, Oh, she's not my type. Like da, da, da. it's like, okay, but like, who are you? Like you can't even cook chicken. Like you can, you couldn't even time your dinner correctly. Like Oh my God, I just can't embartice. Like, don't even get me started. Like, I'm just, I just so cannot. I so, 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 so cannot. It's just like this, like, you're not my type. It's like, okay, but who are you? Like, I just, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. And the whole concept of the show, it's literally called Love is Blind. Like, it's not supposed to be about the looks. But even so, like, you're talking about Zenith and Nancy, like, gorgeous, knockout, stunning girls. Stunning just the audacity of men. And Bartiz just keeps being like, I want this blonde fit like girl. It's like, okay, so you want like these girls that you see on Instagram, then like be sliding in their DMs. Like don't come onto a Netflix dating show. I just, I can't, I just really can't. Oh my God. But I'll finish the season, but it's just like so crazy to me, but I really like Alexa and Brennan. I like them a lot. Um, Matt really scares me. I feel like he just, 
is so in love with his ex-girlfriend still and he just has a lot of issues that he needs to work through and it's clear that he's just really afraid of being hurt and I think as humans we can all empathize sympathize I don't know with him that like no one wants to get hurt but like he's only hurting himself at the end of the day and that's sad to like see the self-destruction not me being a therapist for him but um yeah, he needs therapy and to not be in a relationship for a while. And then who am I missing? Oh, SK. King SK. So sweet. Like such a gentle soul. Like I remember in the pods when Raven and SK got together, I was like, literally, no, like SK deserves the world. And I just don't think Raven is going to give it to him. Um, I like Raven. I like SK, but I don't like them together. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I just don't really like them together. I think SK just like needs, um, I think he needs like, I think he's really looking for a traditional Nigerian wife and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I think that's where, what he needs rather than someone who's like trying to adapt to his culture, which I think is so great um, to want to learn someone's culture. But it seems like he really just wants the traditional Nigerian marriage And if that's what you want, then absolutely go looking for it. But I just don't think Raven is like right for him and vice versa. I don't think SK is right for Raven because I think she really does. Like it was so interesting because in one scene, she's saying that she doesn't want to be the traditional marriage yet. In another scene, she does want what sounds like more traditional in the past where it's like the husband takes care of the wife financially but I would argue that times are now changing where it's more dual income marriages as opposed to the traditional, the man is the breadwinner marriage. So it just seems like her arguments contradict one another. Like when she's like, when SK's in school and she's like, I want half my rent paid, even though you're not living with me. It's like, well, that seems a little far fetched. If you ask me, like if we're not living together in my like if I was dating like if I was living in this house and then I started dating someone and then we got married and then they moved away to grad school and I was like well I I want you to pay half of where I'm living and you're not like I don't think I would ask that but look if that's what she wants there's no shame in that but then I don't think you can also say the argument in the same breath of like I don't want a traditional marriage because that sounds like traditional mentality with finances it's also just interesting hearing couples talk about finances because I know how touchy finances can be for couples and to talk about it on Netflix, I think is very vulnerable. And I um, applaud all of them because then you have people like me that talk about it on a podcast. And that is not always easy to listen to the judgment of how you guys handle finances. Um, I think it's vulnerable and um, I commend it. So I hope that's the right word. Commend. There was a long time that there was, um, what was it? Oh, condemn, commend and condemn that I did not know what condemn was for, um, for too long. I had no idea what that word meant. And I kept hearing it like condemned, condemned. I don't really know. Um, and I had to look it up and then I understood it. So I sometimes say the wrong words, hoping, (laughs) thinking that it means something else. So I hope I meant commend. Like I applaud them for that. I think commend is the right word. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. 
If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things that I love about Indeed is that I've been able to use it for all of my businesses across uh, the last few years, and it's been really amazing. What I love the most is that I'm able to put down like exactly what it is that I want on Indeed and the candidates that match that get sent right to me. And then the hard part actually becomes narrowing down which ones are the best for me because they all are exactly what I'm looking for. And then it really just comes down to like, which do I vibe with the best? And that's honestly pretty hard to choose from. But Indeed makes it really easy for me to find really good quality candidates that find exactly what I'm looking for instantly. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally adjust the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want a sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in 
rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges and they have a 12 month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. Okay, let's get into the questions that you guys asked me. Um, and if you guys skipped over that whole intro, thank you for letting me speak my mind. <laughs> and, um, and if you did listen to it, thank you for also letting me speak my mind. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, this first question is, have you always been type A slash organized or did you have to work up to this level of adulting? I think this question is so interesting because there are like levels to organization. So I'm gonna try and break this down best I can. I feel like personally, I've always been someone that's been generally organized. Um, I kind of feel like I live in a constant state of organized chaos, but I also feel like there's a huge difference between organization and cleanliness. And like, let me get into that in a minute. But here's what I will say. I've always liked things to have their place and I've always liked to know where things are, but that doesn't mean that they're always where they should be. So there was a time in seventh grade when juicy star 07 Blair Fowler posted a room tour and it was like so clean so organized and I was like I want my room to always be like this so from seventh grade until my freshman year of high school I kept my room spotless like I would organize my desk almost every day after school I would not let people like sit on my bed. Like I wasn't allowed to sit on my bed. Like it was only for sleeping and I did not want to get my sheets messed up. When people came over, like we sat on the floor or I had like this pink chair that like um, I would like let my friends sit in. And on Sundays, like I always had to have an exact routine down when I was like in middle school. It was like I did laundry, I organized my room and like I had to do these things on Sundays. Otherwise, like my whole week was messed up. So I definitely was very, very organized, like to a fault from, whoa, that was like my vo my mouth. Did you guys hear that? That was like the craziest thing. From um, seventh grade to ninth grade, I was like, too organized to a fault. Um, and then I kind of just relaxed a little bit and became normal. And now that I'm like an adult, I would say that I'm generally organized. Like I'm not always, like not everything is always perfect. I have my one friend, Lindsay, who's an organizer coming over this week to help me organize my new house and everything like that. But I'm not like as organized as you might think. Um, but I have a I have a system down that works for my personal life. Now, let's also talk about like cleanliness because I feel like I'm a clean person for the most part, but I have met like some friends throughout my time on earth and um, from seeing like Instagram of just how clean some people are. Like I'll be on TikTok or Instagram and it's like people like washing my walls. Like this is how I wash my walls. And I'm like, you have to do that. Like it's never like some of these things like ne have never occurred to me. And, um, there was a time in like 2020 when I had a roommate and she was super, 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 super clean. And I never knew like when her mom would come to visit, she would like clean like the doors and like every single like square inch of like her space. And I was like, 
this girl is like so clean and it was great obviously because the condo was always like super clean but I was like never the person to pull the vacuum out like more than once a week um, so once I was like exposed to other people's cleaning habits I felt like I was like not as clean as I thought I was you know what I mean like my space around me is always pretty clean and like tidy and organized but comparatively to other people that I see, like Clara Pierce, I think on like Instagram and TikTok, like very clean person. Like, I don't think I'm as clean as I thought I was, which is like sad because I used to be like, I'm a clean person. But then I see other people washing their walls. And I'm like, I didn't even think about washing my walls. So you definitely learn over time. Um, how to clean more and how to be more organized and like what system works for you. But generally, yes, I've always been someone that just likes everything to have a place. Even if things aren't always in their place, I like everything to have a place. And when things aren't in their place, um, it does kind of drive me up a wall a little bit. So great question. This is a great question. It says, do you have any tips for loneliness when you feel like you haven't found your people yet in a new setting? So this one I wanted to answer because it brings me back to a general theme of being your own best friend. Um, And I opened up about this on Lily's 80-20 podcast last week. And thank you guys, by the way, for such an amazing response on the episode last week with Lily. It was such a fun episode to film. And thanks for everyone for listening to Lily's episode that I was on. That was just really cool. So um, anyway, what I was kind of talking about on Lily's podcast, she asked about, you know, friendships when I was home from college and all my friends were still at college. And I told her that there were many nights when I was lonely and sad and I had no friends to call to hang out with. And there was like this video that I recorded and it was just me in my kitchen like crying. And I was like, I have no, no one to hang out with tonight. I have no friends to call tonight. And I just feel like very alone. And I remember recording that because I wanted to remember that feeling so I could look back on it one day when I had, you know, like a significant other or I had a group of friends or I felt complete within myself to where it's almost like a, this is where I was and this is where I'm at now. And I'm so proud of my journey. Like that's why I recorded that video of me being sad in the kitchen. But anyway, So I totally understand this feeling of not having people to call in your life to hang out with, whether you're in a new city, you just moved, or whether you're in a transitional period of your life, or maybe your life path just at this moment isn't aligning with those around you. For a multitude of reasons, we can feel left out of things and we can feel sad and we can feel like we haven't really settled in or found our people yet. When that happens, I think the best thing to do is to turn inward and to be your own best friend. Take yourself out on dates. If you want to go to the mall, go to the mall alone. If you want to go to Target, go to Target alone. Take yourself out to go get sushi. Take yourself out to a happy hour. Go to a cafe. Um, Go to a bar. Like There are so many things that we can do alone. Like things that we do with one other person, we can go do alone. It's really finding the confidence to be your own friend. And at first it's going to feel awkward and you're going to think everyone's looking at you and everyone's staring at you. But I promise that's just simply not the case. Maybe start small by going to like a Barnes and Noble and getting a coffee and getting a book and just sitting in Barnes and Noble 
alone. Or maybe it's just going to Target alone and just being comfortable being around your own presence. Um, Another thing is how you talk to yourself, I feel like is so huge because I want you to start talking to yourself like you would a friend. If you and a friend went out to lunch together, would you be saying like so many people are looking at us because we're here like alone? No. But when you go to lunch by yourself or you go to breakfast or dinner by yourself and you think like, oh, so many people are looking at me because I'm alone. It's really not weird to be alone. It's it's really, really not. So just being your own friend and doing things over time that will contribute to your confidence in being your own friend and how you speak to yourself and speaking kindly to yourself and just finding the hobbies and finding the passions that make you you like take out social media take out your job like what do you like to do what do you like to do I don't know why I need to say that twice (laughs) what do you like to do if you know like social media didn't exist and you had an hour to kill and you weren't just going on Instagram or TikTok or watching YouTube videos or if you didn't have your nine-to-five job every single day like really like who are you outside of those things And what would you be like? And I feel like finding that out about yourself when you are kind of in a transitional phase of your life, whether you're in the process of making friends or you just moved or it's all those reasons that I said earlier, it's a really great opportunity to learn so much about yourself. So even though you still might be settling in, you might not feel like you have a ton of people to lean on at this very moment, that's when I encourage you to lean into yourself and learn so much about yourself. All right, this next question is advice on YouTube. Is it too late to start? It is never too late to start. I was getting coffee this morning with a friend and I was talking about um, kind of like my place on YouTube and how I'm like very much so like an old school wave of YouTubers and like there's such a new wave of influencers that, you know, come through and there's the big names in the industry and then there's the trendy names in the industry that get like their 15 minutes and then they're like out. So I was just pretty much talking to her about how it's just crazy that I just feel like so old school and like washed up in YouTube and um, how it's just such a different generation now. To answer your question and why I even bring this up in the first place is that there's always going to be room for more influencers and for more YouTubers. There's never going to be like a day when YouTube puts out a statement and they're like, we're at max capacity. We cannot accept any more influencers. That's just simply never going to happen. So if you want to create a YouTube channel or start a TikTok account or do something with the intention of sharing a message to either make it a full-time job or to cultivate a community or to spread a message. My only advice to you is that you are doing it for the right reasons. If you want to start YouTube to quit your full-time job, make so much money and just take a bunch of sponsorships and ad deals and really just use this as a way to get rich quick. Um, I don't know how long that career will last. Has it happened? Of course. But I think people can see 
authenticity and see when something is disingenuine. So if you're going to start any sort of account with the hopes of getting any sort of recognition from it, just make sure that your message is authentic to you. The second thing that I want you to consider is the why. I think it's pretty safe to assume that almost, like I have not seen original content in a very long time, meaning I haven't seen a new idea brought to the table in a very long time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we see this everywhere. Like what's that saying? Life imitates art and art imitates life. It's very true. Like we really do see this everywhere. Like books are pretty much just like recycled ideas time and time again with different characters and storylines swapped out. Movies, like you're never really going to see a totally original movie that we haven't already seen to some extent before. Same with influencers. Like sure, we might have our favorite girlies that do get ready with me's and we might have some of our favorite um, cooking podcasts or (laughs) cooking podcasters, like cooking YouTubers and stuff like that. But it's about how you deliver it. So even if you're not if you're not reinventing the wheel and if you want to be posting like daily vlogs about your morning routine and about your wellness routine, that already has a following and we know that people are interested in that. But I think rather than say, well, how can I reinvent the wheel? I would rather ask you, what are you contributing to the space that is going to be unique to you? You can find inspiration in so many people, but I encourage you to use inspiration rather than imitation. It's easy to replicate someone else's success by doing what they are doing to a T, but you are never going to be that person that you are imitating or replicating. So I encourage you to be authentic to who you are, to get your message across, even if it's a message that has already been said multiple times by multiple different people in successful ways. Your message still matters, even though it's coming from you and it's already been said. It still matters. But I just encourage you to be authentic in your delivery and ask yourself, what am I contributing to this space? Whether the space is lacking it or not, what am I bringing to the table? I hope that helps a little bit. It's never too late to start though. This is a good one that I actually just watched a YouTube video about. Do you have any tips on getting up on the first alarm? No snoozing, especially early mornings. So this is something new that I have um, switched my mindset into thinking. Years ago, getting up early for me was not really like the hardest thing in the world. Like, but it's also, I also have to remind myself of a couple of different things. Number one, I was single. Like when I'm single, I really answer to no one except myself, obviously. So I'm really able to do like whatever the heck I want anytime. So back in the day when I was getting up at like 4am and like that was like my whole shtick. I also think that was everyone's shtick though. Okay. Like that was like very much so in the thick of hustle culture, like 2019, like pre-pandemic, like that was like just the world that we were living in. So getting up early at that time, like really wasn't that hard for me because 
I was going to bed at like 8 p.m. because I didn't have a significant other. I was single. It's not like I had anything better to do. So I was like, may as well just go to bed, wake up early. And I liked that. And that really worked for me. Well, as I've gotten older and as the world has like changed a little bit, as I've um, gotten into a relationship, like my time is definitely not as Um, I haven't been able to be as selfish as I once was with my time. And as a result of that, I feel like waking up earlier has gotten harder due to the fact that I go to bed a little bit later. So let's start number one with that. Um, acknowledging that like sometimes things are out of your control is something just to put on the back burner as I talk about this stuff. So take it with a grain of salt. Like if you have kids or you're in a relationship or you have a shift work kind of job, like I get it. This isn't advice for everyone, but for someone like me where you can kind of like make your own schedule and you're choosing to wake up early and not snooze your alarm and like get up on one of the first goes, this is for you. So my first tip is to go to sleep as early as you possibly can. Now, there was a YouTube video that I watched years ago that talked about how to wake up early and essentially your first night of sleep is going to be horrible because like let's say you want to get up at 5 a.m. but you're used to going to bed at like 11 p.m. That means you're going to get about six hours of sleep and optimally you want like eight hours of sleep. So you're inevitably going to wake up tired if you wake up at 5 a.m. but then the next night Um, And like that whole day, you're going to be tired, but then like the next night, you're going to be more tired and you can probably fall asleep earlier, like 9.30 or 10, and then you'll get more hours of sleep and then you'll be good after that. So it really does just take like one day of feeling tired all day to go to bed earlier. So the earlier you can go to bed, the easier waking up in the morning is going to be just because it is so crucial to get enough sleep. Um like glamorizing only having five hours of sleep is something that some people do, but it's just, it's not optimal. Like you won't function your best if you don't sleep enough and you need to get good quality sleep. So definitely make sure that you are prioritizing going to bed early and getting quality sleep. I think that's first and foremost. Second, when we are getting ready for bed, we tend to have great intentions for the next day because we have motivation when the alarm clock goes off, suddenly that motivation is disappeared and it's gone and all we want to do is stay in bed. And it makes perfect sense as to why all we want to do is stay in bed. Like it really does make sense because we are interrupting our sleep. So obviously when we're interrupting our sleep, we're going to want to just stay asleep. What I've shifted in my mind is that if I had the option to stay asleep for the whole day, I would probably take that option to stay asleep for the whole day. So whether I wake up at 5 a.m., which is when I intended to wake up, or I skip my whole morning workout, my whole morning routine, and I wake up at 8.30 a.m., I'm still going to be tired at 8.30 a.m. versus 5 a.m. And if I know that I'm going to be a better person by 9 a.m. by doing a morning routine and a workout versus a better person by 9 a.m. by waking up at 8.30 a.m. without doing a morning routine, with totally skipping my whole sacred morning to myself, I'd rather just wake up at 5 a.m. because I'm going to be tired regardless. 
And maybe that's bad advice, but it's just, it's a mindset shift that I've had where I'm like, I am going to be tired regardless. So I'm going to choose the option that in this moment for this temporary feeling is uncomfortable and difficult. And like literally the last thing that I want to do is get up right now when my bed is warm and I'm so tired and I just want to stay in bed. But I'm also going to feel this way if I skipped my whole routine and I got up at 8.30. I'm going to feel the same way. I still won't want to get out of bed. I'm still going to be warm. I'm still going to be tired. So I'm just going to choose the option that best serves me for the whole rest of the day. If you win your morning, you really do win your whole day. And I feel like having that clarity in the morning and that accomplishment in the morning and that win first thing to start your day really does translate into the whole day. So yes, you can have temporary comfort by sleeping in, or you could have long lasting results of getting up on your first alarm clock. So I always like to have two alarms set. The first one wakes me up. The second one is like two or three minutes later. And I always just get up on the second alarm. My boyfriend has this huge issue where he sets like 10 alarms and he snoozes all of them and he gets up late almost every single day because of it. And he, I feel like has conditioned himself to hear an alarm and think like alarms are meant to be snoozed because they just don't like wake him up and he doesn't like get up when he hears his alarm. So I encourage you to condition yourself that alarms are meant for you to be woken up and not to be snoozed. So don't even use the snooze button. Just turn your alarms off when they go on um, and get up out of bed and make the decision that is temporarily so hard to make, but you are going to thank yourself in the long run and for the rest of the day. Do you have any advice for dating in your 20s? I do. Um, Okay, so dating in your 20s. This is just um, what I have found through myself and through friends and what I found valuable throughout the years. Number one is that everyone in their 20s is on their own timeline. So you are going to see people that are single their entire 20s and they go on dates and they hook up with a bunch of people and they have fun. They live their single life and they are just absolutely thriving, living their best single life. And I love to see that. Do whatever you want to do. Have the most fun. Enjoy your 20s. We're going to see that a lot from people. We're also going to see people that are in their 20s that have been in the same relationship that they've been in since middle school or high school. And now they are engaged and they're getting married and they're having babies and they are like doing all the things in their 20s. And that is also equally as amazing to see. You're also going to see people get into relationships and fall out of relationships. You're going to see people get into relationships that last. What I'm getting at is in your 20s, you are going to see every single type of relationship status. So with that, I say that to encourage you to not feel pressured to be doing one thing or another. I know people that are 29 and have never been in a relationship. And I know people that are 29 that have been married for the past seven years. So your age does not define where you should be in life, especially with any sort of relationship status. So immediately, My top advice is to remove any sort of judgment that you are placing on yourself to be in your 20s dating. The second thing is to also eliminate the opinions of others when it comes to dating in your 20s. 
When we are in our 20s, we are constantly changing. We are constantly evolving. And I think the best way to learn is to fuck up and learn from our mistakes. And it's easy to be young and dumb and make stupid decisions. And then we tell our friends about it. We get our friends' opinions. And then people change throughout the years. And if you get back together with an ex-boyfriend or an ex-partner, or maybe you start dating someone when your friends don't think you should be dating someone, I encourage you to just completely eliminate the opinion of what others think you should be doing in this time because you are going to grow so much in your 20s. Who you are at 25 is going to be unrecognizable than who you were at 20 years old. And who you are at 29 years old is going to be unrecognizable from who you were even at 27 years old. I really feel like your 20s, you change so much. You evolve so much. And that goes for everyone around you as well. People mess up. We mess up. People change. People deserve second chances. You learn what you like, what you don't like. You really do just come into yourself in your 20s. You learn about yourself so much in your 20s. So removing the judgment that others place on us and the advice that others place on us is important. And look, we all know that friends and family always come from a place of love and they come with our best interests at heart. And it comes from them wanting to protect the people that they love. But sometimes the best way to learn, most of the time, the best way to learn is by having these experiences ourselves. And we won't always learn a lesson until we go through it on our own. So when you're dating, if it's someone that you're iffy about or if it's someone that you're head over heels about, but your friends and family say something entirely different, I feel like you just have to trust your gut, trust your instinct, and just know that if it works out, that's amazing. And if it doesn't, you're going to be okay. So I'm also kind of like a hopeless romantic and I'm like in the whole mindset of like love hard, give people chances, like try what you like, try out new things, see what you like, see what you don't like, date as many people as you want to. That's kind of my whole mentality about it. And um, everyone is just going to have different opinions. Like some people are like, don't ever have long-term relationships in your 20s. While others will say like, stay with someone that you love in your 20s. You know what I mean? Like everyone just has different opinions on it. So just take the opinions of others completely out of the equation. I also think when it comes to dating in your 20s, if you do choose to be with someone and you're in a relationship with someone, make sure, well, this is me giving you my opinion, which you can disregard based on everything I literally just spent the last couple of minutes saying, but I would encourage you to allow yourself to be with someone that encourages you to grow, encourages you to evolve, and encourages you to still find inner peace within yourself. When you're in a relationship with the right person, it's someone that should compliment you and that should elevate you and that should empower you. But it's also someone that doesn't take away your identity, who you are without your partner is who you are at your core. And your partner is just 
an extension of you. They are someone that compliments you and that brings out the best in you. If your partner is someone that drags you down or they try to be very controlling of who you are, who you spend your time with, that th- those are instances I would be weary of someone that you're with. But when you are in your 20s, it's so important to still be on a journey of self-discovery trying on new hats, different hats of your life and seeing what works, what doesn't work and staying true to yourself, even if you are with a partner in your 20s. Kind of going along with the whole dating topic. This one says, my boyfriend is super extroverted and I'm super introverted. How do you navigate this? Okay, this is, I think, a really great question because I can relate. I'm very introverted. My boyfriend is very extroverted. Um, I think in all things relationships, it always comes down to communication and compromise. You have to be secure enough in your relationship that you can say like, I want to stay home tonight, but you can go out and really trust that decision and trust in your partner that when they're going out, they're not doing anything sneaky behind your back. Like you fully trust them and know that for them, like this is really important to them. There can be nights like that when you stay in and they go out. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's when it comes down to communication. Like what do those nights look like when you are home and they are out? Are they texting you? Are they not? How does that make you feel? How does it not make you feel? All these sorts of things come back to the communication. That's one form of compromise. I think on the other end of that, both relation, both partners in that relationship have to give and take. There needs to be nights where the extroverted person stays in with the introverted person. And there needs to be nights where the introverted person goes out with the extroverted person. It's a compromise. And if there are days again, where you just really, really don't want to go out, like don't hold your partner back from living their life and doing what they want to do, but be secure in your relationship enough to let them go out and vice versa. If your extroverted boyfriend, however, is constantly choosing going out rather than staying in with you or recharging with you, or even fully understanding why going out is such a no-no for you and why it's so overwhelming to you, then I think that's when it comes back down to communication and you really need to communicate with your partner. Hey, I don't enjoy going out and here's why. And I would appreciate it if you could carve out one to two nights a week to just hang in with me and see me. And this is why, and I will do the same for you. Like I will give you a night where we go out and do things. We're around people, you charge up, but I also need some time just with you to be alone and recharge my social battery at home alone with you. So it really does just come back to compromise and communication and being secure in your relationship and trusting in one another that if they're extroverted, they are really just getting the same energy that you get when you're home recharging alone. Okay, guys, this episode is an hour long, so I think it is time for me to go. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed today's episode. I do love when we get to just sit down and chat and have some girl time. Um, If you guys want more of these, I have all these questions saved. I can always just do more episodes on this. If you guys want to participate in future episodes, my Instagram is at Tori Sterling underscore. And guys, that is all that I have for you today. Have an amazing Monday. Next week is the planner episode. So be on the lookout for that. I'm going to be doing a holiday gift guide very soon as well. Um, we are transitioning into the last two months of the year. 
make them good. I love the holiday season, so I'm so excited to be entering this era of 2022, and I am very excited for all the things that are coming for the end of this year. Have an amazing rest of your day, guys. Happy Manifest Monday, and I will talk to you guys very soon. Bye, guys.